Hello there, and I'm back now with the next WrestleMania review. It's uh, WrestleMania 14, and I'm actually there, and I was now officially in full swing. I think WrestleMania 13 wasn't quite there yet, but you can sort of see the swords were being the seeds were being sown for what was to come later down the, <coughs> down the years. Uh, on in the year 1997, was a very progressive year in many ways for the WWE. So, the time we got to 1998, where we got WrestleMania 14. And they they figured it out. They were, they were on a real roll and had incredible momentum when it came into this WrestleMania. Now, the first match was the Tag Team Battle Royal, for, and the winners get a shot at the tag titles. Now, it's standard stuff. Let's get everyone on the card, get them the baby, blah blah blah. But what actually kind of elevated this is that there was a surprise entrance with the Legion of Doom reformed, and Sonny was the manager. You know, as LOD 2000, so what was kind of the humdrum thing that no one really cared about actually had a big mass start of a big massive pop, which was great. Now, and of course, LOD won it. Now, here's the thing the LOD 2000 and Sonny being their manager, in hindsight, it did work. We all know that. The LOD 2000 thing was kind of shit. But, but, you can sort of see why they did it. I'm pretty sure I might be wrong here, but I remember Russo talking about it and he said something about they put Sonny with them. Did it was something to do at the time. And anyway, I can see why they do it, because Sonny was massively popular, like most downloaded women at the internet, where the internet was a new thing as well at this time. So, and massively popular tag team. You know, these were probably the most popular tag team of all time, especially at that time. So, you know, I can see why they did it. But, you know what? A match that no one really, would really care about actually had something to get the crowd popped. That's attitude there, you take something that you shouldn't really care about and then it actually makes you care to do something to cheer about when you have it. Speaking of which, Takamichi Noko against Aguilar for the light heavyweight title. This was good. This was good. I'm not a fan of flippity flop high flag or flippity flop wrestling or anything in general, but you know what? I think the light heavyweight thing served its purpose. It was there as a little different thing on the card during this time for the people who liked that. More of a variety. And when they've done the Cruiserweight title again in, like, in the WWE in like, like 2017 or whatever it was, that used to be used to like, turn the ropes purple and raw and shit like that. And they had these boring long Cruiserweight matches. When they were doing submission holds, remember they had like Austin Aries and Neville in a fucking submission match at Extreme Rooms and then what? Seriously? But this is ideal, this is exactly what it needed to be. It was like a five, six minute match, high flying, fast action. Quite inter really entertaining, Takamichi you know, who won. Takamichi you know, was an ideal babyface for this thing at the time. He did a good job whenever there was a little time around when GR was trying to teach him how to speak English and things like that. So, you know what? Good stuff. I like Takamichi you know, he, he, he did what he did well. I'd take him over Shinsuke Nakamura any day. I am not joking. Genuinely, I would. So, there you have it. If anyone's upset with that, tough. Up next, uh, Triple H versus Owen Hart for the European title. Really good match. I think this is the first time the European title was defended on WrestleMania, and this match made so much sense because the own Hearts history with well, the Heart Foundation history with the DX. This is a few months after Montreal, and uh, of course we've got Sean's also tied up with in the main event picture of Stone Cold, so it makes sense that he'd be facing Triple H. But you got you have a lower card title with a good proper storyline and a proper grudge here. Imagine that. That actually worked, and there's two good level stars here. Triple H hasn't, hasn't reached the next level yet, but he's gonna pretty quickly. And Owen Hart has always been a top level. Uh, I mean, he's never, he never went to the very top of the company. 
you know, he was always a guy who could rely on a, put on a dependable guy to put on a, in a main spot and deliver. And this was a really damn good match. You know, that Triple H retained. It was a good match. Really enjoyed it. And, and this was one that I, I'd forgotten about. This was great. Mark Meadow and Sable versus uh, Goldust. And Luna, or I should say the artist formerly known as Goldust, as he was known at the time. And this whole gimmick didn't really work with Goldust. They, they tried something new. They were like mimicking the artist formerly known as Prince, as he was calling himself at the time. At least I'll say one thing. The WWF was the web at the time tied into pop culture. They actually knew what was relevant and the reference that on the programme, which probably was another reason that helped for the popularity so much at the time. So I was trying that, whatever, it is what it is. But the man, this match is great. It's really entertaining, really fast paced. People say, oh, Sable couldn't work in the ring. Seriously, when I go back and watch a Sable match, it's always entertaining. It's always it. She's not going to go out there and do some. 20 minute board fest to be, I don't want to watch that. Nobody wants to watch that. If, if, if people want to, if, if tons of people want to watch 20 minute board fests, then the ratings would be much higher and you'd get an evolution too. But, but where's that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, there you go. But you know what, I actually thoroughly enjoyed this match. I, I, I've forgotten about it. And then when I, I rewatched this show like a couple of years ago, I remember the first time I got the network, and I rewatched it again recently. This match really holds up. This is such a pleasant surprise. It's actually really great. Big thumbs up for this match. I enjoyed it a great deal. You watch Shamrock vs. The Rock for the Intercontinental title. Really good match. Every time I do a throwback review around about 97, 98, I always seem to be talking about some sort of Shamrock and Rock match. But, but they're always really good. I suppose because I'm watching them out of, out of the. Uh, Context and I'm not really sick of seeing them. I think maybe you would be at the time thinking, oh, they're fighting each other a bit now. But you know what? Really good match here. You go, Shamrock wins, but then it's a bit of a swerve because it won't like go of the ankle lock. And then he gets disqualified, then he goes eight shit and beats up all the officials. And then beats up Rock and everything like that. So Rock retains by a disqualification. But uh, so, in a way, it's, it's believable that Shamrock would do that because, let's be honest, he's a big nut job. Uh, still tied into his world's most dangerous man character and everything like that. But it let The Rock keep the Intercontinental title for longer, which was a good thing for The Rock and for the title in general. He had a great one for the Intercontinental title back then, one of the best, I would say, back from uh, late 97 into the summer of 98. Plus, also let him drop it to Triple H at SummerSlam and one of the best in the continental title ladder matches ever. So, there you go. It all worked out in the end. And, anyway, speaking of which, um, the tag titles were up next. Uh, Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie versus the New Age Outlaws in a dumpster match. This also followed on that incident inc- inc- when the uh, Outlaws pushed Foley uh, uh, and Funk had a match, a dumpster match, they're both in a dumpster and then the outlaws just pushed them off uh, the stage. Was, so this separation made sense. The match was great, really fun, fast paced, entertaining, hard hitting. Finish was great with like, sorry, Jeansaw using the fork to put them in the, the dumpster. Brilliant match, fun and enjoyable. Big thumbs up, can't complain. And we come now next to Undertaker versus Kane, the very first time we ever seen an Undertaker versus Kane match. 
this was outstanding. Everything was perfect about this. They even said when I reviewed the Bad Blood 2000, sorry, 1997, a few months back, Kane might well have had the very the greatest debut of all time. By the way, congratulations to Kane. He's gone in the hole. Even it was announced yesterday by the Undertaker himself, I believe, on the bump, so there you go, well deserved. Um, this is how you do a long term build to WrestleMania. This was perfect. It started in October, then you had all these great scenes of Raw, like sometimes like with like King would dare the Undertaker to fight him, but then Undertaker was like, no, I won't hit my own brother. And then there was a lot of ruse when he thought he would tricked him into thinking he'd join them just before the Royal Rumble. But then at the Rumble, it gives him a casket match for Shawn Michaels, he dumped him in the casket, then set him on fire. Of course, then Undertaker came back a few weeks later, and then it led to this epic match. Now, here's the thing. For all these people that are like, oh wow, Randy on the theme, isn't that great long-term story for us, isn't that great? Well, it ain't a patch on this, I'm telling you that much. And it even had this the setting on fire spot as well. To be fair, that's one of, been one of the best things about the radio and the Now, there's been a lot of great things about it, and some terrible things about it. Great things about it have been Lady Alexa carrying it, she's done a wonderful job, but um, I digress. But, see this storyline, it was never repetitive. You managed to make it stretch out for six months, but it never felt repetitive. You put other things in there in the meantime, such as Kane period with Mankind, and I think Vader, I think, at the pay-per-view before this, if I remember correctly. So, they actually had other people to feud with Kane in the meantime, before Undertaker was ready. And then, of course, the Undertaker, the whole Undertaker doesn't want to fight his flesh and blood thing, was completely understandable, and but here's the thing, it's a supernatural storyline with believability in it. There you go, there was the supernatural stuff, which is all fine and dandy, but there was believability, and believe it or not, relatability about it as well. That's why it was so fucking good. And it's, when you see the video package back, it's just awesome stuff. Absolutely awesome. The match itself is great. You've got what Pete Rose comes out. Uh, slagging off the fans, and Kane just comes out and tombstones him. So Kane kind of turns briefcase almost accidentally for a, for a few minutes. Then you've got the Undertaker entrance, which is just awesome. And that's yourself is great. And of course, the first time they actually have a proper match together is WrestleMania. So they do, they, it happens when it should happen, and it was great. There's Kane and Randy Orton. If they'd have blown that off at Royal Rumble, yeah, that would have been fine, and I don't think we could have complained, and then two of them could have gone on and done other more interesting things before then, but... And then, plus as well, it's leading to another Randy Orton vs. Bray Wyatt WrestleMania match. Do you really fucking need that? No. Frankly. <laughs> there you go. But, I digress. But, there you have it. But yeah, Undertaker vs. Kane, fantastic. Absolutely brilliant stuff. The finish is great as well, you've got like... Undertaker tombstones Kane and then Kane kicks out. And it's like Kane kicking out the tombstone is big here because hardly anyone ever kicked out a tombstone. Nowadays people are kicking out of people's finishers all the time. So I mean nothing. They're expecting it now. But then there's a genuine sort of oh wow, what's this? But what was even good is like the when Undertaker tombstones him for a third time, instead of doing the hands over the chest pin, he actually hooks the leg which you never seen. And it was just just about enough. It came nearly kicks out, but not quite in time, which 
not only does it give the Undertaker's win back, which is sort of the right thing to do at this time, but it also protects Kelly. There you go. That's good writing and good booking. See there, that's why Russo was great. And he still is great for the Undertaker. So there you have it. And of course, we come to the main event, which is Stokel vs. Shawn Michaels for the WWF title. Mike Tyson is the, the ref, the enforcer. Great match. Really good match. And here's the thing. Could the match have been better? Yeah, probably. I actually really like the match. It's very entertaining. I think, you know, Shawn Michaels had the back problem. This. this was his last match for four and a half years. So it's, it's, it's from up, but it's as good as it is. You know, some people say, ah, oh, it's not that good, no, I need to have still called themselves, so he doesn't like the match, but, you know what, I enjoyed watching it, so, here we go, I'll, 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 that's all I've got to say about that, really, and then, of course, we've got the ending, Stone Cold stuns Shawn Michaels, the referee's down, and Tyson comes in, counts the three, Austin is the champion, and Tyson, and I remember as well, the build-up to this was brilliant, with Tyson joining DX and things like that, it's just brilliant stuff, fantastic, but he could like them. Anyway, so here you go. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, so there you there you have it. So this was a fantastic match. Yeah. And it's one of the all time great WrestleMania's and the great guy got crowned at the right time as the as the face of the company as the as the guy going forward as well. There's all stories that Sean wasn't gonna do business. Undertaker was waiting his feet with his fist tape back in Gorilla for him. Just in case, but no, this was a bit. Thankfully, the right thing was done here, and the right guy went over. And a absolutely brilliant WrestleMania, definitely, definitely one of the best, quite possibly, possibly looking at a top three all-time WrestleMania. I'd say for me, one of the top three favorites. Absolute joy to watch it back. And here's the thing: I think it lasts. If you look at the runtime on it, it lasts like two hours and forty odd minutes. So it basically lasts the same time as uh, Fastlane did this past Sunday. So there you go. What do you think had more incident in it? This or Fastlane? Or even then, a random raw lasts longer now than this WrestleMania. So a random raw in which nothing happens. So there you have it. It is what it is. But you know what? The Austin era had begun. And it began in style. WrestleMania 14 is absolutely brilliant. One of the, the absolute crowning achievement of the Attitude Era. Not just one of the great all-time WrestleManias, but one of the great all-time pay-per-views. Fantastic. And there you have it. That's my take on WrestleMania 14. Next, I'll be skipping forward onto WrestleMania 17. So I'll be delving into that uh, probably tomorrow. So thank you very much for that. So thank you ever so much for taking the time to listen to us.